Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What, what is 2017 about? Is it the faithful will flourish, right? Anyway, have you, have you have your bookmark. 2017, the faithful will flourish, and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. What does flourish mean? It means to thrive. It means to increase, to enlarge, to grow, to be prosperous, to abound, to spread out, to expand, to make steady progress, and to be at a high point in one's life. Someone shout to God and say, that's mine. Amen. I'm flourishing this year. Hallelujah. God is so good. Man, excited about the word this morning. But for that, I want to thank everyone that's watching us by way of internet. We have a faithful group and a faithful audience that watches us week in and week out. So give them a hand, you know, for being part of this, our service. You know, I know they're not here, but, but you know, people from all over the world, you know, watch us. And, and actually, I just got word this morning, are the DuPonts here? The DuPonts, just stand up real quick. I'm not going to have you come up. Stand up. Well, they, they came here all the way from New Hampshire, and they've been watching us, and God's directed them to move here and be a part of our church, so give them a hand, amen. You know, I had got a letter, I got a, a letter in a, in, a, in a financial, they sowed a financial gift, and, and I remember that was that week we came into our staff meeting, and you know, we, we pray over the prayer requests that come in, and, and we prayed over that God would just direct their steps, and God will order them, and, and in the, his perfect timing, that, that they would be where they believe God's directing them. Amen. So it's so good to have the chance to meet you later, later this morning. But, man, God is so good. And I want to thank everyone for their um, kind words. You know, I was, that, the TBN thing came on this week, and so got a lot of kind messages and, and great things and, and from you guys. So thank you for your encouragement, and appreciate everyone that was there that night, and, and we had a good time. But anyway, I just want to thank you all for your encouraging words. You ready to get in the word this morning? Let's go to Acts chapter 11, and you're like, is pastor going to start on a different scripture uh, besides Acts 11? Uh, no, not this morning. Um, you know, and since September, I've been talking about staying, amen, staying, because well, after all, the faithful will flourish, right? And I'm tr- transitioning here and have been transitioning in to a new series I'll be starting this morning called Your Position. Your position has everything to do with your success in life. Say that with me. My position position has everything to do do with my success in life. life. You know, when I was on TBN, they asked me a question. They said, well, with everything going up and down in the world and everything that you see going on around us and and just the confusion, the hate, the division, uh, everything that's going on in society, in the world, in politics, in relationships, not just in America, but all across the world, you know, what, what's, the, what's the biggest problem? And just the, the, my answer was people are out of position. They're, focus, they're out of position, they're focusing on the wrong thing, and they don't understand anything about faith. You know, and, and, and here in this scripture that I'm about to read, and I'm going to read in the King James this morning, about Barnabas, I believe it's some of the most important words that we'll ever hear in scripture. And it wasn't, it wasn't by Jesus, it was by the Holy Spirit through Barnabas to this church called Antioch where they were first called Christians. And he was, he was encouraging because he was there at the birth of when everything was taking place in Jerusalem and he saw how, how the different things, how the division got in between the Jews and the Gentiles, what God was establishing salvation and, and all these things were, were coming in, all these different arguments that were going on. You had the Romans coming in, you had the, the Pharisees coming in and they're trying to divide what God has established and what God is establishing in the earth. 
And, and so what, what, what takes place is, is because of that, you had Stephen stood up and he preaches the gospel to the religious leaders and they stone him. And after that, it said the Jews were dispersed because of the stoning of Stephen. Because now it wasn't just Stephen they were after, they were after all the Christians. And they were scattered throughout the world. But, but what the enemy meant to, to, to try to end, God turned it around to invade the whole world. Amen? So what was happening in a central location in, 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 in Jerusalem, now because of the persecution, it has scattered the Christians throughout the corners of Europe. To now, to where now this is, there's going to be things happening all over the world, not just in Jerusalem. Why? Because they, heard, they knew the way, they experienced the way, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. And so Barnabas goes to them and says, and, and he, stands, he, stands, he, he stood up and it said, he got great joy because of all the signs and all the wonders that were taking place and everything that was happening. And it said he was full of joy. And it said that he exhorted them. And this is verse 23. It says, and when he came... And he had seen the grace of God, he was glad. What was the grace of God? He was seeing God work. He was seeing the signs and wonders. He was seeing, see, grace is always going to produce change. Grace can be seen. Grace can be seen. Whether it's a healing, that's grace. If it's salvations are taking place, that's, that's grace is there. It, it, grace can be seen. It, and, it, and grace is the hand of God. On humanity to help them be what they couldn't be in in their own selves. And so he saw that God's hand was on them. And he exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave to the Lord. And these are some important instructions here. With purpose of heart they would cleave to the Lord. We know that word cleave, we've been talking about that. It It means to stay with. It means to be faithful to. So what he's saying, you know, you're going to have opportunities. There's great things happening now, and I'm seeing God move here, but he exhorted them. Amplified says he did this on a continual basis. Hey, make sure, let's keep the main thing the main thing. Let's make sure that we don't get in, in, into all these other arguments, all these other divisions, get involved in things we don't need to be involved in. Let, let's make sure that we keep this one thing, that we cleave to the Lord. That, th- that we stay with the Lord, that we are, we're intermingled with God, that we stay here. We don't get involved what every else is getting involved. This is where we stay. We stay right here. This is our position. And your position has everything to do with your success in life. Your position has everything to do with you winning and overcoming in life. The world, see, the world wants to get you into a mold that's opposite of what God wants to do in your life. The, the world wants to get you into a mold of fear, get you into a mold of anger, get you in a, a mode of pointing fingers, get you in a mode of, of, of being frustrated, but God wants you right here. See, we know throughout the word it says that they would be tossed to and fro by every different kind of doctrine. We see that going on around the world. Bible tells us not to be anxious for anything, but yet we see anxiety all over the place. People in the world and Christians. We talk we, we talking about loving our brother, loving our neighbor like we love ourselves, but yet we see so many hate, so much hate going on, whether, whether Christians or non-Christians. So the world wants to get you into this mold, but God wants to keep you in his mold. 
in the right position. Say the right position. You know, when you're, you know, your emotions, God gave us emotions, but I believe emotions were to indicate to us really where is our faith at? For instance, people in the world, you know, everyone, all humanity, they desire joy, they desire peace. They desire hope. These are, these are, these are four longings that, that only, that God desires to satisfy all of humanity with. Joy, peace, and hope. Everyone's searching for these things, joy, peace, and hope. Love. People are searching for these things. And, and if you're in a place where you're full of anxiety and full of fear, that means you're not in peace and you're not in joy. So if you have these different emotions going on, you can tell you, you're probably not in the right position mentally. There's three things. If you're, if you're, if you're constantly in discouragement, you're in fear, you're in anger, you're in hurt, you're in offense... There's three things that is a sign of. One, you're in the wrong position. Number two, you're focusing on the wrong thing. And number three, you've let go your key component of victory. What is your key component of victory? First John chapter 5. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So, so if you're constantly being tossed up and down, to and fro, in and out, anger, and, and, being, and, 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 and just being frustrated in life, it's three things that are going on. You're out of position, you're focusing on the wrong things, and you've let go of your faith. So, so when my, my emotions, so to speak, in the natural are signs to where I'm at spiritually. Not a, not a whole lot of amens on that one. You see, because, because if you were really in faith about something, there would be some key indicators that you're in faith. Okay, for instance, how about you know, everyone's longing for this thing called hope. But yet Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, it says that they were without Christ. They were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. They were strangers to the covenants of promise, and they had no hope. They had no hope, and they were without God in the world. So here, understand that, that it says they were without Christ. So if you're without Christ, you don't have an understanding, an alien from the commonwealth of Israel, you don't know that you're a child of God if you're without Christ. You're strangers to the covenant. If you're without Christ, you don't understand to the promises that you have a right to. If you don't have Christ, then you have no hope. And you're without God in the world, meaning I, you're, you're without the answer to what you're going through. That's what it comes down to. So we can see if I'm out, if, if, if I have no hope, it means that I don't understand I have Christ. Right. If you don't have hope in your life and, you're, and you're, 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 you are hopeless this morning, it means you have let go your revelation that you have Christ. Because if I have Christ, then I have hope. Amen. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. No, you don't understand my Christ. Well, well you, you, don't, you don't know what they did. You don't understand my Christ. 
So if you really had Christ, then you really had the answer to hope. See, these things, joy, peace, and hope, every, the, the world's looking for these things, but the only, the only way they can be found are in God. They're spiritual forces. They're not natural feelings. And too often we're led by natural feelings instead of a spiritual force. How about Romans chapter 15? And the God of hope will fill you. Say, fill me. The God of hope will fill me with joy and peace in believing that you might abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The God of hope will fill me with joy and peace. It didn't say the world will fill you with joy and peace when everything is going good. It says the God of hope will fill you with joy and peace in believing. Wait a minute. The God of hope will fill me with joy and peace? So if you, if you don't have joy this morning and you're in confusion and, and, and you are full of anxiety, you need to understand that the God of hope is the one that will fill you with joy and peace in believing. So believing produces something. Yes. Believing produces the joy and the peace. God just doesn't just go out of heaven and say, zap, give him joy and peace. <laughs> no, it's a result of your believing. So right believing produces joy and peace. So if you don't have joy and you don't have peace and you don't have hope this morning, you don't really, you're not really in belief. Sorry. Well, I confess that scripture, if you were really in, if you cross the threshold of mental ascent and into true belief, then you would be filled with joy and peace. It doesn't matter what it might look like. So, so, so the answer to what's going on, we have to understand, is we're either out of position, we're focusing on the wrong things, or we let go our key component of victory, and that's faith. The God of hope will fill you with joy and peace. And let's, go to, let's go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. Say, thank God for the word. Just say, I'm flourishing. I'm flourishing. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't you understand it yet, but what, what the Lord is going to be ministering to us, whether through myself or through Dr. Savell this year, is to get us to step into the abundant life. That's really where what, what, what this, the faith will flourish is all about. It's about stepping into the God kind of living. That's what abundant life is. Hallelujah. So let's, can, I'm still going to deal with these, this, the emotions and, and the feeling of joy and peace because the whole world wants it. They just don't know how to get it. And, and, and it's too many people pointing fingers at people and saying, I don't have joy and peace because of him. I don't have joy and peace because of that political party. I don't have joy and peace because of this or that. You, you need to get over yourself. And you really need to get into God. And so, so you, you, if, you're, if you're allowing the world to dictate with half the stuff that you hear is, is half truths anyway, and you're allowing that to shape your world and bring you joy and peace, you got another thing coming. Because the only way that you're going to have hope, joy, and peace is in Christ. Bottom line. 
I'm not going to get on my political soapbox this morning. But the thing is, is, is the answer is in this word, and the answer is in Jesus. Amen. See, if you don't have joy and peace and confusion because everything that's going on and because of the thing, you just, you just located yourself, and I just located you. You're out of position, you're focusing on the wrong things, and you're not believing God. So if anything that's going on in the world, what you're seeing in the news and the media right now, and it's frustrating you, you need to get in the right position, you need to focus on the right things, and you need to start believing the right things. I don't need any, any, any nasty letters. <laughs> well, 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 Pat, you don't understand. It, you, know, you don't understand. You, no, you need, you need to get in the right position, you need to get focused on the right things, and you need to get in faith, all right? It's, uh, if you come to me about your, your, your opinions about that, get in the right position, okay, focus on the right things, and let's start believing the right things. Because to talk about anything else will just be a debate. To talk about anything else will get you more frustrated because you think you're right. And so when we, get, we start talking about opinions, we'll get in a ditch. We have to come back to right position, focus on the right things, believing the right things. This is where we got to stay, guys. This year, more than now, we got we to we, we understand our position, our focus, and our faith. Amen? Because that's what's going to cause the faithful to flourish. Faithfully being in the right position, faithfully focusing on the right things, and faithfully believing the right things. Hallelujah. Joy and peace. I'm still on this joy and peace. I got, I got, I got some places. To, the Lord's got some places to go this morning. We need to get going here. Second Peter chapter 1. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied. See, multiplied is increase, right? Grace and peace will increase. Grace and peace. See, the whole world wants joy. The whole world wants grace. The whole world wants peace. The whole world wants love. The whole world wants all these things. But, but it, you have to be in the right position and have the right focus. The grace and peace is multiplied according to your knowledge. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So to the degree of my knowledge will be the degree of the grace and peace I walk in. If your knowledge of God is knowledge of God and Jesus is right here, you know what? Then you can only operate in the peace at that level. You, if, 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 see, you're always going to be capped at your understanding of who God is. If you believe that God is the one that made you sick, then you know what? Then your grace level and your peace level is going to be at, I deserve this because God must want me to go through this. Because that's your knowledge. And so you're going to operate at the level of your knowledge. You know, how about cheese, bacon cheeseburgers and ice cream are multiplied according to my knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Ice cream and pizza is multiplied according to my knowledge of God and my Lord Jesus. Can I get an Amen. You see, you, you, you see, you know, people want grace and peace, but will they go where their grace and peace will be multiplied? See, you, you try to increase in your knowledge of what's going on in the world, and you're expecting more grace and peace. But the only way that your level of grace and peace is going to increase is when you increase and understand who God is. 
You're always going to be capped at your knowledge of who he is. The degree that you know him is the degree of grace that you walk in. You know, if you believe, if, if you, <laughs> thank you, Father. Won't go there. See, we have to understand that, that this grace and peace is all about our focus. It's all about our position. And it's all about our faith. The world is looking for it. The world is looking for it. Every person in different religions are looking for it. But it comes down to our position. Our position. Joy, hope, and peace are not a product of our surroundings. It's a product of our position. Joy, peace, hope, all these things are not a position, a, a product of our surroundings. It's, it's not a product of what's going on around us. It's a product of our position, our focus, and our faith. Don't, joy, you want it, right? Peace, you want it, right? Hope, you want it, right? Grace, you want it, right? It's not going to come by your surroundings. It's a product of your position. Your position, your focus, and your faith. You know, like, let's think of Jesus for a moment. Here, Jesus, it said, he became a man. He became like you and me with like passions. He became just like us. It says that he knows, it, it says that he knew the infirmity, the, the frailty of man. He, he knew it firsthand. So Jesus in the natural, he, he had to experience the pressures that come with being a man. He said he was, he was tempted and tested in all points, but yet was without sin. So he, here he's, he, he's got these things, he's, he's just like you and me, and and yet he's without sin and he's, he's in this world. So he's experiencing everything that you and I would experience. So he had to understand something about his position, something about his focus, and something about his faith. There may be not accounts where he actually talks about that, but we can see it in his stories. What about when, there, when he says, let us go unto the other side? They were going to the other side. Why? Because there was a demon man possessed there, and he held captive the ten surrounding cities. So Jesus needed to get there to set that man free so the ten cities around that could be set free. And so here Jesus is going to the other side, but the disciples are fretting. The disciples are anxious. The disciples are oppressed. The disciples don't know what to do. And where's Jesus? Jesus hanging out in the bottom of the boat, sleeping. Why? Because, see, they were all looking at the storm. But yet Jesus was resting in his position. Jesus was resting in his position. He was resting in what his focus was, and he knew where his faith was. I'm going to the other side. I'm going to catch some sleep. Mm. What about times when they're about to throw rocks at him and throw him off the cliff, and it says that he just moves through the crowd? Wow, just moves through the crowd. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, see, 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 human nature wants, wants you to be in fear. When you're hurting someone else, you know, when, when you do something wrong to someone, the whole intent is, is you want them to feel what you feel. 
And so here, they've got these, these stones, and, and they're, they're, wanting to, they're wanting to kill Jesus, and yet Jesus doesn't respond. He just walks through the crowd. Wait, I mean, aren't you going to defend yourself? Aren't you going to do Aren't you going to do? Jesus walks through the crowd. Why? Because he knew his position. His position wasn't to fight them. His position was to love them and walk through the crowd. Why? Because he was filled with grace and peace. John 1 says that he was filled he, he, he was filled with grace and truth. He's out, he's out of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. But it didn't come down just because he, he was Jesus. He did it because he, he, he operated in that level of joy and peace and hope and love. It, why? Because, why? Because he knew his position. He knew his focus and he knew his faith. Your surroundings... You can't let your surroundings dictate your joy and your peace because you'll be let down every time. We're, not to, we're, we're, we're supposed to be different than everyone else. We live different than everyone else. We talk different than everyone else. My joy and my peace is not dictated by my surroundings. Thank you, Father. Let's go. To, you know, what, what, what about Jesus' position? In John chapter 10, he, they, they start take, using scriptures against him and things that he said based on Psalms 86, where it says, and you say you're gods? And Jesus, Jesus went on and he talked to them and, and, and tried to convince them about different things. And he says, well, if you don't believe me, believe the works and realize that I'm in the Father. And the Father is in me. See, what was Jesus saying? He was saying, my position. John chapter 14 says the same thing. If you don't believe me, at least believe me for the work's sake. Because I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus was saying, I know my position. You see, you have to understand your position. See, your position isn't to... You see, you know, if you're in fear, you're anxious, you're confused... Very rarely in, in the natural, emotionally, when I've been in that state, can I ever sit still? You know, I, I'm not one, like, if, if, I, if I have pressures that are facing me in the natural, and I'm just being honest with you, you know, because we all, we all battle those. We have to come back to what the Word says. But naturally speaking, when you're going through difficult things, the, the, usually you're, if you're fearful, you're not sitting back. No, what are you doing? You're pacing the floor. Well, how's that going to happen? You're, you're rolling over in bed. Well, how's that going to happen? And you're, you're trying, why? Because, because fear, it will never cause you to rest. But yet we have to understand our position. Jesus said, my position, I'm in him and he's in me. See, that's how he could fall asleep in the back of the boat. I'm in him and he's in me. You know, there's a scripture in Revelations, and I'm just sorry right, to sit back and talk to you for a little bit here. But I have holes in my socks. No. You know, in Revelations, it says, how do we overcome him? By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But see, people stop there. They don't, they don't like the last part. How do we overcome him? By the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not ourselves unto death. See, we don't like to talk about that one. 
So see, Jesus, why he could rest in the back of the boat because he didn't care about death. See, the enemy can't defeat you and the enemy can't kill you if you're already dead. See, that's how you overcome the enemy because you love God more than you love your life. So that's, that's what overcomes the enemy, meaning you can't destroy me. Why? Because I'm in God. Doesn't, nothing else matters. You, we can see, they go, to, go to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Are you with me this morning? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 3, verse 13 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. So here, you know, you heard the story of the three, the he, three Hebrew boys, which actually their real names were Hananiah, Mishael, and um, Azariah. And, and see, they, were, they, were, they, they, were, they had great Hebrew names, like uh, uh, Hananiah's name means means God that's full of grace, the God that's gracious. Meshach's name means the, the God who is evident, the God that who, is, who is apparent. Uh, let me actually get it, make sure. It's, it's one that's like God. And then Azariah means the God has helped, the, God, the, the one that God helps. And so here Nebuchadnezzar didn't like their names because every time that he was faced with them and dealt with them in his kingdom, he was always faced with the Hebrew God. He was always faced with, with the God that desired to change his life. And so what happened? He changed his name to, 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 uh, to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which, which Shadrach was, was his God, the moon God. Meshach is, 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 is who is the moon God. And Abednego is one that serves Negril. And who is Negril? Negril was a, was a mythical creature that would go down and he, would, he married the, the queen of the underworld. And he is the god of destruction of, and pestilence. And so here he named one of them you, the, the god of destruction. So, so he took their names of what God wanted to do in the earth to turn around to his names to bring destruction in the earth. See, he tried to change their names to get rid of any identity of God, and he tried to kill them to get rid of any voice of God. And so, but you have to understand that they, they, it didn't matter if you changed their name or not, they still knew their God. See, it doesn't matter what the world labels you, it doesn't matter what the world tries to do to you, you got to understand that it's the one that God has named you, and it doesn't matter as long as you're in him. See, your position doesn't, doesn't, has nothing to do with your surrounding. Their surrounding was one that they're about to die. Yeah. Let's, let's look at this. Verse, verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not you serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready that at the time that you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, and so forth, and all the kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made, well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast into that same hour in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Who is that God? It was just, who is the God that's going to deliver me out of your hands? Meaning you're still here. God hasn't delivered you. You're still in captivity. Who, who is the God? He hasn't got you out of captivity yet. 
16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. Meaning, I'm not, I'm not even going to think about what I'm going to say to you. Because here it comes. I don't even have to think about say Because why? I know my position and I know my focus. It doesn't, nothing else matters. I know I'm going to answer this. See, meaning they had settled their relationship with God long before they got into this circumstance. And you need to settle your relationship with God before you get into any circumstances. Because if you're pulled away because of, from God for difficult circumstance, it means you were never with him to begin with. Amen. Truly with him. Amen. I could go into other scriptures than that, but I, I can't right now. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Now listen, and he will deliver us out of your hand. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve your God, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. Hallelujah. Think about it. If, verse 17, if it be so, our God whom we serve is, is, able to de- we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of the hand of thy king. But if not, meaning if he doesn't save us, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your God. See, meaning they, it wasn't about their, their surroundings. It didn't matter that they were about to kill them. And it, it wasn't about whether they died or not. It didn't matter. We're not going to serve you. We're not going to bow down to you. We're going to serve him, and he will deliver us from this, and he will deliver us from you. But if not, but if not, it doesn't matter. The word serve there, the word serve is in, in the Hebrew and the strong, that's number 639, and it means to worship. And it means, and then if you look at the Hebrew in the, in the strongs, it says it corresponds to, to, to 6398, which means to cleave. It means to cleave. So just back to, back to Barnabas. Steady purpose of heart, cleave to the Lord. See, it didn't matter what the three Hebrew boys doing. And, and we know the end of the story, right? They get thrown in there. They take two men, their strongest men. They heat the, the furnace up seven times. And it's so powerful and so hot that when the guys that throw them in there, they die as they're throwing them in because it's so hot. They go in and then the king Nebuchadnezzar gets up off his throne and he looks down and he goes, didn't we throw three boys in there? And he, they said, yes. And he goes, well, I see a fourth and the fourth one bears an image of the Son of God. You see, that's position. Understand that he is right with you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter your surroundings. Your surroundings are not to produce joy and peace and hope in your life. It's your position in him, your focus on him, and your faith in him. You know, throughout scripture, I need to start coming to a close. Go to Psalms 91. Psalms 91. You know, whether we're referring to Moses, whether we're referring to Moses being in the cleft of the rock and, or Daniel in the lion's den, David facing Goliath, Jesus going throughout his life and ministry, there's a position that each of them desired. There's a position that each one of them desired, and it's the position that Jesus lived in. And it's the position we need to live in. Because like I said, your surrounding circumstance aren't going to produce you joy, hope, and peace, grace. 
but it's your, it's your position. And all of them, like I said, whether it's Moses, Daniel, Jesus, David, whoever it is, they desired this one place. Psalms 91, verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where's your position to be? Where's my position to be? In the secret place. It's where Jesus lived. It's what Moses desired. What David, all of them desired. David, one thing have I desired, that will I seek after, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Joy, peace, and hope is never going to come from your natural surroundings. It's always going to come from his presence. He who dwells. Didn't say he who visits. He who dwells. The, the word dwell means to sit down and remain. He who sits down and remains in the secret place. You know, the secret place isn't a feeling. It's a place in God that you can go to no matter what's surrounding you. It's a place that Stephen went to when they were stoning him. And, and what did it say? It said he stood up while they're stoning him. He looks up into heaven. And he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And Stephen says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Why? Because he was in the secret place. Well, no, but he was being, no, he was in the secret place. He was in the secret place. He who dwells in the secret place. He who sits down and remains in the secret place. Shall abide. Shall abide means to live. So he who sits down and remains in the secret place shall live. Hmm. Hallelujah. Shall abide, shall live under the shadow of the Almighty. Abide under the shadow. What's a shadow? I, I see shadows down here. See, the shadow isn't necessarily, it's not a material substance. It's the reflection of a presence. So he who sits down and remains in the secret place shall live in the presence of the Almighty. Now, the, the word Almighty is where we get our name for, uh, for God of El Shaddai. It means the one who, is, who, who does impossible things, the one that overrides natural law. That's why Jesus could walk on the water. Abide in the presence in whom nothing is impossible. So think about this. He who sits down and remains in the secret place of the Most High shall live in the presence of the one that does impossible things. You see, it doesn't matter your surroundings. When you're in his secret place, you're under the shadow of the one that does impossible things. And you could be like Daniel or be like Jesus. It doesn't matter. I'm going to serve him. I'm, I'm sticking with him. Whether you kill me, it doesn't matter. See, this is your position. This is your and my position. This is, this, is, this is where we're to live every day of our life. 
He who dwells in the secret place. Just lift a hand to heaven and say, Father, thank you for the secret place. That's where I find my joy. That's where I find my peace. That's where I operate in grace. That's where I'm filled with hope. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, Father. Go to John 10, and we'll close with this. John 10, verse 7 says, So Jesus said again, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that I myself am the door for the sheep. See, Jesus is the access to the secret, the secret place. All others who came in before me, they're thieves and they're robbers. Meaning you want to experience joy and peace. If it's not in Jesus, then everything else is just a thief and a robber. If it's not Jesus bringing you joy and peace, then everything else is just a thief and a robber. If, if, it's, if it's something in the world, then you know what? It's just a thief and a robber. But Jesus, I am the door. All others who came in before me, they're thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to and obey them. I am the door, and anyone who enters in through me will be saved and will live. And he will come in, and he will go out feeling... Freely, and we'll find pasture. What does that pasture mean? Abundance. Flourishing. Amen. Hallelujah. I am the door. I, anyone who enters into, into me will be saved. He will come in and go out freely, and we'll find pasture. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and enjoy it and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd risks and lays down his own life for the sheep. And he laid down his life for you so you could live in the secret place. Let's go to verse 25. They're trying to arrest Jesus here, and he says, he said he answered them, he says, I told you, but you believe me not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you believe not because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now listen to this. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. And I, think, and I give. So those sheep that hear my voice, have you heard his voice? Have you accepted salvation? Are you a Christian? Are you a believer? Somebody don't sound too convinced. Are you a believer? This is talking about you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You see, when you live in the secret place, you're living in a place where you never perish. And I can go in and talk about how Jesus took away the sting of death. We don't, we don't die. We just transition. And no man shall pluck them out of my hand. Now listen to this. My father 
which gave them me is greater than all. Meaning here, nothing can take us out of Jesus' hand. Now get a picture of this. Nothing can take us out of Jesus' hand. That's in the secret place, right? My Father, which gave me, is greater than all. Meaning, you're in my hand. But now, look at my Father. He's greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Get a picture. Jesus says, no one then can pluck them out of my hand. Now, now Jesus turns around and said, my Father, he's greater than all. And no one can pluck them out of my Father's hand. Wow. That's the secret place. That's the secret place. Your position has everything to do with your success in life. Barnabas told them, with purpose of heart, cleave unto the Lord. What is he saying? Take your place, take your position in the secret place. Because nothing, you'll never perish, and nothing will pluck you out of my Father's hand. The secret place. Weeks to come, Dr. Savelle's going to be ministering next week. And what's on my heart as it pertains to this, your position. And I'm going to talk about, over the next couple months, several different positions. This morning, I started dealing with the, the position of the secret place. And Dr. Savelle will minister next week, and then the week after that, I'm going to start talking about that position of the secret place. And we're going to go in and we're going to talk about the basics of prayer. I believe there's a lot of Christians that know they're supposed to pray, but they don't understand anything about prayer. Going back to some basics. So as we talk about the secret place, it's not just, it's just, a, just a place where we, we sit down, yeah. But what is the secret place for? And so we're going gonna, we're gonna to learn how to pray. We're going to learn how to pray effectively. As a pastor, it's my job not just to preach encouraging messages and things that get you to jump up and shout, but it's my job to equip you to be victorious in understanding the purpose and power of prayer. Jesus' prayer life. Next position after the secret place we'll talk about, probably the month after that, will be our position in him. And we're going to talk about righteousness and authority. Position is everything to a believer, but most believers don't know where they're supposed to be. That's why they're tossed to and fro and all over the place. And we're going to be strong. We're going to be strong, not in ourselves, it's in him. Amen. Amen. It's by the grace of God, Paul said, that I am what I am. But it was by the grace of God that God taught him how to pray, how to live, who he was in God, his authority in the covenant. And we're going to learn about these things over the next couple of months. You excited? Amen. Where's your position? In the secret place? Amen? Hallelujah. You know, with that, prayer was really strong in my heart this year. He said one of the, the fifth thing he told me about this year, about the church, was that prayer was going to be essential. The, he said, actually, he said this. He says, prayer will be the essential seed to bring change to your community. And so one of the things that we're doing with that is we're going to set up a 24-hour prayer thing. Um, and with that, Chawanda, you raise your hand. Stand up so everyone see you. She's going to be over here after the service in the pra- our prayer room here. And what we're doing is we need 48 people. 48 people. <laughs> and, and so pretty much what you're going to be doing is, is you're going to select a 30-minute time slot on when you're going to make a, make a decision to pray over this church, pray over a community, 
Pray over our nation, pray over Israel, whatever direction she may give or we might give to her about that. But we, we want prayer going forward because prayer changes things. And, you know, and contrary to what some people believe, prayer, prayer is not a calling to an individual person. Prayer is a calling for the church. It's not something that, that the more, I should say, the more experienced ladies in the church do. No, it's every believer. And, and it's vital to the kingdom of God. Amen? It's vital to the kingdom of God. And so I want everyone, uh, man, woman, doesn't matter your age, it just, it just takes a commitment. And, and so see her over, over here in the prayer room, and you can select a slot. Or if you don't know a slot yet, hey, just give your name, phone number, and email. And what we'll do is you can, then, then once we get the, the clock or whatever done, you'll, we'll let you know that the time you're selected and everything like that. But I believe this is vital, amen, as your pastor. And for Because it's not about this church, it's about this community and what we're called to do in this community. Prayer is vital because it's the position we're supposed to be in. It's the position we're to be in in this community. If things happen in our community, we need to take it on our responsibility as it happened because maybe we weren't in our prayer closet or we weren't in our right position. Amen? Don't look at it because everyone else, let's look at our responsibility, right? Amen? So see, see Jawanda right after service for that. Hallelujah. Man, the secret place. You received something this morning? Yes, Hallelujah. God is faithful. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Hallelujah.